Hello and welcome. My name is Stephen Green, and this is the English with Stephen podcast. In the last couple of episodes, we looked at the origins of the word lingua franca, and then at the reasons why English is probably the world's lingua franca. In case you've forgotten, or you haven't listened to the last two episodes, lingua franca means a language that people use to communicate when they don't share a common language. In the modern world, for example, a German will probably use English to communicate with a Brazilian. There are arguments about whether having one lingua franca is a good thing or not. In addition, there are pros and cons around English being that lingua franca. I will not talk about these arguments in this episode. Instead, I will try to examine some of the implications of English being the world's lingua franca for English students. All of this after the break. This is the English with Stephen podcast. All of the episodes in this podcast are designed to help you learn English as quickly and effectively as possible. The episodes are short so that you can focus all of your energies on them. They also come with a transcript to help you understand and learn new vocabulary. You can find the transcripts as well as links to my social media and all the previous podcast episodes at englishwithstephen.com. Is this the first time you've listened to my podcast? Or maybe you wait for a link on my social media to remind you to listen to the latest episodes. Well, first of all, thank you for listening. Secondly, it would be a really good idea if you subscribe to this podcast on a podcast app. When you subscribe on a podcast app, you will automatically get a notification of any new episode direct to your phone. There are many podcast apps. For example, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify all offer excellent services. There are also smaller apps that specialize in providing podcasts. For example, I use Podcast Addict. All of these apps are free and don't take up much memory on your phone. So, if you'd like to make sure you receive the latest episodes of English with Stephen, Download a podcast app and subscribe so you never miss another episode. And now, back to the implications of English as a lingua franca for students. I'd like to give you an example of one of my students. She's in her 40s and works in a financial management position. She lives in Curitiba in the south of Brazil, but the company she works for is German. The company has offices all around the world, but my student works a lot with other people in South America, Germany and China. She has many online conversations with people from these countries, as well as constantly reading and writing emails. She very rarely talks to someone from a country where English is the first or dominant language. She watches Netflix and films in English, but always with subtitles in her native Portuguese. She does not travel a lot, even before the pandemic. But when she does travel, it is mainly to other places in Brazil. Now, ask yourself this question. What type of English does this woman need? Does she need the type of English that I would use to speak to my friends back home? Or does she need something else? There is quite a bit of research into types of English that people use when they speak English as a lingua franca. 
Some of the findings showed that there are far, far fewer uses of idiomatic expressions or phrasal verbs. Prepositions are less important. Articles are used less frequently. Words like who and which are used interchangeably. And there are also differences in the phonology or pronunciation. There is a focus on how to be understood rather than being correct. Features of connected speech, that is the way sounds join together and change, are far less common. Extra vowels are inserted between consonant clusters. Sounds that are difficult to produce are just ignored. Now, it is important to note that this is not the case with all examples of English as a lingua franca, but there is a definite trend. And the implications for my student are clear. I don't waste time teaching her strange idioms. I don't force her to remember the difference between look at and look for. I don't obsessively correct her pronunciation of the sound th in the word three. But it isn't just things that I don't do. There are other things that I pay more attention to. I train her especially in communication strategies. These are ways to make sure you have communicated effectively with the other person. Ways to do this include repeating yourself, asking for clarifications, double-checking and giving space for the other person to ask questions. In an environment where it is easy to misunderstand or be misunderstood, checking that real communication has taken place is invaluable. I also give her lots of exposure to speakers of English from different countries so that she is comfortable with different accents. If you're interested in this, then I'll post a link to a great resource on my site, englishwithstephen.com. And to be honest, I use a lot of these practices with my other students. The th sound is one that particularly annoys me. There are many native varieties of English that do not include this sound, or at least use it far less than standard British or American varieties of English. Both Irish and Jamaican English use these sounds far less, and yet Irish and Jamaicans are native speakers and can communicate as well, or as badly, as anyone else. If you walk into a pub and ask for three beers, it is pretty clear from the context what you want. This mispronunciation of the th sound is not going to mean you get four beers or two beers instead of the three that you want. And communication strategies are important whether you are talking to a German, a Brazilian or an Australian. Being able to check you've understood properly or that other people have really understood you is a precious skill and one that should be practiced by everyone, not just language learners. To sum up, if we want to communicate with other non-English speakers, then we don't need to worry about the details of the language that those other people will not use anyway. Instead, we need to worry about how we communicate and finding out if we have communicated properly in the first place. What do you think? Do you need to speak the same English as me or an American? Or do you accept that you can communicate effectively even if you don't have the same access to all the idioms and pronunciation features that I do? That's all from me. Make sure you subscribe on your favourite podcast app so you don't miss another episode. If you need some links to some podcast apps, you can find them on my site, 
EnglishWithStephen.com. So long and thanks for listening. English with Stephen is written, recorded and edited by me, Stephen Green. The music you hear at the beginning and end was written and recorded by my friend and former student, Beppi. English with Stephen is recorded in Curitiba, in the south of Brazil. Remember, you can find past episodes, transcripts, social media links and much, much more on my site, EnglishWithStephen.com. Thanks for listening and good luck with your studies.